Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. Many of our members are really getting a good handle on what's doable in a day. Even two or three years ago, many of our members, possibly myself included, would have come to that morning session with these completely unrealistic plans about what they were going to get done in a day, like just absurdly over ambitious, right? And I don't see that happening anymore in our group. I think people are really starting to absorb that whole idea of, no, don't set yourself up for that because it's so discouraging when you get to the end of the day and you only made this small dent in this crazy long list that you made. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 177. In this episode, I'm joined by Peggy Collins, my new program assistant, to reflect on the past month and explore what's new for July and August. This is our peek behind the scenes at Simple Scrapper. Hey, Peggy, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. I was up promptly at six this morning. Um, I got oh up my. at six yesterday. It's kind of a early weekend. Emily has had a volleyball camp this weekend and last, but oh, yeah. you know, it feels good to start the day early. Um, and you can, turns out you can get a lot done before noon. Yes. And it's a little nicer in the summer to get up early because it's cooler, at least in my house. Yes. It was 100 degrees here yesterday. So, yeah. Oh, we are having 100 degree early. weather this <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this coming week, and I'm not ready for it. I've been whining no. about it being cold, like at softball. I'm all bundled up with like a fleece blanket and a sweatshirt. And so this week, I'm getting my wish, and I'm going to yep. have to gather on the sunscreen. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not really heat resilient. So it's, it's not a good thing for me. <laughs> I'm not temperature resilient at all. I am a, either a direction. Yeah. Wimp. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> So what's what's new with you and your neck of the woods? Oh, uh, things are plugging along. The last time I was on the podcast, we talked about my partner was getting ready to move in. I was getting the house ready for him to move in, and he did so in April. And so we're pretty well. He's in. He's settled in. Uh, we've managed to absorb another household, albeit a fairly minimalist one, into my household. So I feel like that's a, a nice little victory, and we're moving along. So it's all good. Things are good. That's and then, awesome. Yeah. On the scrapbooking side of things, I'm on target. I, I track time um, working on things. I try to shoot for four hours a week and I'm ahead of uh, 
schedule for the year, which is what I want to be because I always know Q4 is a little dicey for getting time in. So I'm really pleased with how that's going and how easy it is to, to meet that goal. So that, that makes me feel like I've got the right goals set. Um, I'm not struggling um, and scrambling to hit it. So, and things are getting done. So it's working just the way I like it. Oh, that's so wonderful. I will link the previous episode you were on for our listeners that want to learn more about your philosophy around tracking time versus specific projects. Because I think this has been really game-changing for so many other members who are trying it and and allowing themselves to receive permission to just show up. Um, because that's often the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. I'm so glad I made this decision. <laughs> That's one of the best decisions I ever made in my scrapbooking life is to just do this instead of worrying about what's actually getting done. So it's all Yes, good. yes. How about you? What's going on with you? Yeah, I posted a picture of my shiny sink on Instagram the other day. And you commented that you're lucky to have someone who shines your <laughs> sink for you. Yes, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, he's that's kind of his job. I cook, he cleans, so that that works out great. That's amazing. I love it. Um I've been trying to figure out my uh I don't know, my real sense of adulting. You know, we all go in phases of like growth. It's kind of fits and starts, I think. And you yeah. know, 20 years ago, I was in grad school and I, fly lady was a newer thing and I had my binder and I was really feeling like I had like at least a baby steps of routine and then mm -hmm. life happened and I got away from it and I tried lots of things, including um, Kim on the podcast in the past has talked a lot about toady and I tried that app and I can see how it works very well for Kim, but it made me feel just horrible about myself uh, because it was this constant reminder that I was behind in all of these different zones of my house. And I kept you know, we had a conversation last night where someone suggested just start fresh. And I'm like, well, I've done that a million times. But then <laughs> so many times. <laughs> I'm still behind. And then my right. I have, turn, you know, and I end up with a toilet like Emily's this past week where I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is this is embarrassingly unhygienic. Right. And, and she didn't know any better. And she didn't mention it. And right. so I am back on the fly lady bandwagon. I'm swishing my toilets daily keeping my sink as shiny as I can. It's still definitely a process this weekend. Things have kind of piled up as we've been busy, but right. I, I, I get it. I get the philosophy and it feels like a little bit of a, a coming home to it. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is what I've been missing all along this permission to just jump in right where you are and do what you can. And do and something. Just keep... Yes. Yes. Cause a little bit really does add up. Yeah, so uh, Fly Lady brought a couple things in my life. You and I were doing Fly Lady things around the same time, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And really, she was the first one that finally convinced me that perfectionism actually wasn't a good thing. Um, and I resisted for a long time. I was like, you you have, haven't seen my house. I can't possibly be a perfectionist. Have you seen my house? Um, but yeah, she was that. And then that idea of do something. Set the, set the timer for 15 minutes and do something. It doesn't have to, that all or none. She really helped me get a handle on why that was so bad and why, how, and, and convinced me that I could try to do something for 15 minutes. And then 
much like we, the last time we talked on the podcast, once you get some momentum, then it's like, oh yeah, if I just do this for 15 minutes, it'll be better. And then you just keep kind of building on that. So I'm, I think yes, it'll be great. Yes. I think it works wonderfully. And, and that, and there's no, anything that's making you feel bad is, is not, it's not effective, right? <laughs> like that's, right. that's the definition of let's abandon this and try something else because it's not making you feel bad. Isn't going to make anything any better. So. Well, and I've really been paying attention to how things make me feel. And yeah, there are mm-hmm. things in life where I've probably chosen them and they end up making me feel bad. So then therefore we have to make different choices if we want to feel good. <laughs> right. Pivot. We talk about pivoting all the time, right? Yeah. Eating too many cookies also makes me feel bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So even good things, good for her, not for me kind of things. I think those are yeah. really powerful when we can figure those out and and understand ourselves a little bit better. There's there's just a lot of power in that um, process and in the in the changing because oftentimes you find something that works so much better. So, mm-hmm. I think it's the the idea of some of those maintenance tasks that really work for me. So, for example, there's one thing that I have been doing for quite a while, and that I keep a washcloth under my sink on a hook, and every time I wash my hands or wash my face, and I get water everywhere, I dry it off um, because then that prevents all the dust from sticking to the water and Mm -hmm. the mirror being spotty. And it's just a really simple thing. And then I compare it to my husband's side of the sink and I'm like, look, look how mine is nice and clean versus yours. (laughs) You can do this too. (laughs) If we can only empower you. If we can only empower people, right? (laughs) You can only take care of yourself. Yeah, I but think somehow I seem to be much dirtier than he does, probably because I'm, you know, applying and removing makeup. But um, yes, just that yeah. one simple thing seems to make a big deal. And so that's why I think even just the swishing of the toilets, I'm like, oh, yeah, like if you do this all the time, it never gets really gross because you're just maintaining it. Right. Um, so I'm I'm all about that type of little stuff that really takes no time at all, uh, but makes a huge difference in the long run. Yeah, you know, we we read uh, Decluttering at the Speed of Light, which is Dana mm-hmm. K. White, and she talks all the time about kind of project brain, right? That the, the idea that it's a project to clean the toilet versus this mm-hmm. this maintenance or clean the bathroom, probably more apropos, but she she's right. Like, and I think you and I have that kind of project brain, right? Like you and I can take a project and we we can break down the steps and we can figure out what should be, go first and we can do all of these things and we can come up with these elaborate <laughs> plans. It doesn't mean we right? want to do it though. That yeah. We don't want to do it and, it and it doesn't serve in that circumstance, right? There's, there can't be a big machine around cleaning the bathroom. The bathroom just has to be cleaned. Like <laughs> it's not, not the, the same thing. And so I think finding those places where we're, where our strengths are really, hindering us right because the big planning machine serves both of us i think in many many aspects of our lives but it doesn't serve us in getting the bathroom clean and i think fly ladies the master of (laughs) don't build a big machine just do something (laughs) yes 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 we have to sometimes fight against our own natural tendencies exactly Um, so shifting gears to more yeah. scrapbooky things, um, what is exciting you right now inside of your hobby? Yeah, so I'm playing a little bit with uh, scrapbooking outside of the protector, which is, I know what people have been doing forever, but I 
I came up through creative memories and they, they really didn't like things to be outside the protector. <laughs> so I was well and truly indoctrinated and you don't put things outside the protector, but I, I'm not a day, December daily person. It's just never been a project that's super appealing to me. And I'm sort of can tell about myself that it, I probably wouldn't be very successful. I don't do great with daily kind of projects like that. So, but I watch with, wrapped attention every year to all of the different things that people do that are so creative and so fun. Um, and a lot of the interactive pieces, and those are just becoming more and more with each passing year between the travelers notebook things and then the things people are doing in six by eight. So Allie had a subscriber day on April, early in April. And one of the projects that she illustrated was using one of the quarterly kits. So I'm a quarterly kit subscriber. Those come with six papers that are cut to be outside the protector for six by eight. Um, and so she used a couple of those for a layout project that I just loved. It had this interactive journaling uh, element. And I was like, I, I have the perfect trip for this. I have the perfect thing to do with this. And so I made that uh, and I love it and I think it's really fun. And, but now it's the only thing in that six by eight album that's outside the protector. So I need to do some more outside the protector so that that album doesn't have this weird, Oh, why are, why are these two pages not in inside of yeah. protector when everything <laughs> else is? So I have a couple more trips that need to go into that album. And so it'll be a fun um, experiment to put, um, some of these outside the protector and more interactive elements. And then I what took one of the, I'm going to not remember which class it was. I think it was their travel class in 2021 on Allie's site. There were, it was either 2020 or 2021. They did four different, she had four different instructors herself and three others that did a project. Well, um, Morgan Beal, I think is her last name did a six by eight album for Chicago, which we went to Chicago last summer, almost a year ago. And so that was kind of what got me going on this as well. And so I'm working on that um, trip right now and really focusing on doing some outside the protector stuff. So I think it's going to be fun. So far it is. So yeah. During December daily last year, I kept thinking, so much of this can be translated to non-Christmassy scrapbooking. And oh, yeah. we don't always like make those mental connections because maybe we're like doing something with Christmas trees or stars or whatever. Obviously stars are year-round type of thing. But right. um, that's something that I want to experiment more with is doing some of the more fun, creative things. Not all the time, but doing it throughout the year and not just December where it can actually end up being kind of exhausting in a good way because I'm constantly trying to just make something more awesome and interactive than the next, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You try to cram all of that into one project and it, instead of maybe enjoying it throughout the whole year or so. Well, yeah. especially at a time, whereas you mentioned that it's, uh, it's kind of a busy time of the year. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And so we had the most complicated project <laughs> during the busiest time of the year. Exactly. I mean, right. I wonder why people don't finish them. <laughs> Let me think. <laughs> That's why we do Christmas in July, right? Scrappy Christmas. Correct. In July. <laughs> yes. So Tracy Fox is having her Scrappy Christmas in July again this year. So I will link up her information for those who maybe have an unfinished project they want to jump yeah. into. Feels good to finish them. So you're really close, yeah. right? Yeah. 
I am very close. I have just like a few more pages left and I have like plans for them. I know what photos I'm using. I just have to sit down and get back into it. Um, But I feel good. Even if I was doing it in November, it'll work out fine. Like I will use the momentum of the new season to to finish it up. Um, And I'm actually not even 100% sure I want to do it this year. So we'll see. Oh, for this for 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All my stuff is put away. I did. Uh, yeah. All of my holiday items are now in one uh, cart with drawers, like a plastic Sterilite cart with four oh, drawers. So it's easy to get to it if you wanted to just knock yes, out those few pages. That is correct. It's not like you're having a Because drag there are everything. other December dailies <laughs> that are not finished. So. <laughs> correct. Right. Right. Yeah. What's going on with you? What um, are you excited about? You know, so and I think I've mentioned this in the podcast already, but I've been still playing with Chamel's Best of Both Worlds layouts. Nice. I love, or I'm loving this year shopping my stash. I have lots of things from over the years, and I just want to tell some stories, make some pages, and really kind of stay connected to that, the creative side of it. And Chamel definitely does that well with lots of mm-hmm. pattern mixing and bright colors and things that maybe I wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards on my own. I tend to do a little bit more minimal, a little bit more subtle colors. Um, mm-hmm. But it's been fun to just follow along, you know, use her pages as a sketch. And, you know, she has a little hand-drawn sketch and I've, I'm just enjoying it. So I'm I'm just finished, about to finish um, a fifth layout for... March. And then I'm going to skip to June because I really liked the colors of that kit. And I'm going to follow along throughout the rest of this month and, and probably do four or five more layouts. So I'm, I'm just, I'm loving it. I like following along and I'm also using my stash, which is great. So. So you didn't buy the, you didn't go and purchase the things that she had selected for her best of both worlds. You've essentially counterfeit kitted her best of both, yes. both worlds. Oh, smart. How fun. Yes. Total, yeah. total counterfeit kit. And um, a lot of using a lot of my studio calico papers, which tend to be bright, a little bit offbeat. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I have the mm-hmm. most of is from previous studio calico 12 by 12 kits. And I'm hoping to actually dive into some more, like some six by six and six by eight paper pads with this next one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, it's time to just start busting through some stash and even identifying mm-hmm. things of, you know, I keep picking that out and then I never use it. So we probably should let that go. <laughs> and, it's uh, probably fine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm getting to the point where some of my stash feels stale, which is, you know, a conversation we mm-hmm. have a lot and that, that mm-hmm. happens. And so yeah. we've got to start moving things out one way or the other, either on a page or in a donate bin. <laughs> yeah. And I think she's she's just so good at that mixing. That's that's been my experience in the layer class as well. Is that I have put together things that things from the deep deepest parts of my <laughs> oldest parts of my stash. Yeah. Right, I had some uh, little yellow bicycle these uh, burlap mm-hmm. embellishments that I managed to get on a page as part of layer. Like th- these sorts of things that nice. really. <laughs> she really stretches my imagination about how I can combine things and, and do things like that. So that's what I really love about her approach is it's just awesome for digging through your stash and putting unexpected things together. And we're seeing that 
with all of the members that are doing layer, they're, they're seeing a lot of uh, success in, in putting things, getting things out of the depths of their stash, which always feels really great to get those things on a page and out of the, out of the drawer <laughs> or wherever you've got and, them stashed. Yeah. And making beautiful layouts too. So I love seeing oh my what gosh. doing. Yeah. People have done some just frankly, beautiful, beautiful uh, layouts for sure. Good stories, good layouts. It's going really well. So speaking of stories, is there a story on your memory keeping bucket list that you've not yet told? Oh, so many. Oh, so many. Um, Yeah. So uh, the last time I was on, I talked about the layout about my dad's work in uh, for a landslide in Utah. And I'm happy to report that that got done in the the recent uh, weeks. So that is uh, in the books. So I'm uh, getting ready to do my third bucket list for this year. I had targeted three for the year. uh, So that will check off one of my boxes for 2022 if I get this one all taken care of. So that one is going to be around 4th of July memories. Uh, Growing up, we had uh, some cousins, aunt and uncle and cousins of my my mom's brother. Uh, Their families shared many, many 4th of Julys with us. Uh, And so that in and itself could have been a bucket list story, but they've invited Doug and I to join them this year for 4th of July for the first time in a really long time. So I had the idea that I could uh, possibly uh, bring along some journaling cards and just ask them to jot down some of their memories. I would love to bring, I always enjoy bringing in other people's voices. And so I'm going to prepare some stuff for them and, you know, take a good archival pen and have people write down a couple memories from those, uh, holidays in the past and then pull something together. I don't have great pictures for the past 4th of July's, um, but I'll, you know, I can use photos from this 4th of July and be able to talk about the, the past. And then as I started to think about that, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I was like, well, what about that 4th of July? So when I lived in Reno, I was teaching orchestra. I was playing in their Philharmonic Orchestra. They did a concert down on the main street of Reno every year on 4th of July that I played in. Um, we did a run out concert, one of a, a quintessential small town United States uh 4th of July, old fashioned, you know, they did a mm-hmm. parade in the morning and they did a concert in the green on the, in the afternoon we played for that. Um, so that's kind of a fun little story. And then there's a really funny story about my cousin catching a different cousin, different set of cousins visiting and catching a neighbor's bush on fire with a smoke bomb. It's a, you know, quintessential <laughs> family burning bush uh, story in the family. So I got to thinking that maybe I could pull together a set of 4th of July sort of memories in the style of Stacy Julian's um, extended story. So she mixes and matches sizes of protectors. So there's some divided protectors and some different sizes. So I could see this growing into a sort of extended story about the 4th of July. Uh, so I got so excited. I was listening to the last week's podcast walking and I got so distracted by all the ideas I was having about this extended story. I had to stop and put down the notes so that I could pay attention to the podcast because I kept 
thinking I'm, I'm not listening because I'm thinking about this other extended story. Yes. So, you know, it's a good sign when you, when you can't stop thinking about it, like, Oh, I, I better write this down or I'm going to lose it. So it was uh, really fun. So I'm excited about that one. I think it's going to turn out great. So. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Particularly when you can use, you know, new or more recent photos to help capture stories of the past and bring yeah. in other people's voices. Like this is, you know, we talked before about how we're good at making things into a project. This is a little project, but it's really discreet. It's specific. And yeah. you're going it, to, it captures so much, so many memories, so many stories in one little thing. And I think it's something you'll, you'll treasure. So I'm, I'm super excited for you. Yeah, I think, and I love this extended story format for that exact reason. It's it's this thing that, you know, you have these things that are a little bigger than a layout. Um, probably not a mini album, right? Like, I guess I could make a mini album, a really small mini album, but I, I'm actually not that big of a fan of mini albums. So that's mm -hmm. not as compelling to me as something that could live inside my albums. But it's I have a similar one I've done for my crafty life, right? There's stuff about my crafting life that are in a, an extended story. And the really the, the other thing I really love about them is that you can extend them over time. So down the road, if something we have a nice event on the 4th of July and I want to include that, then it's a straightforward thing to slide that into this set of, of protectors in some way, shape or form. So uh, it's, I think, a really powerful kind of in between the, I need a whole album. I need five, you know, my travel stuff. Yeah. I have eight two two page layouts. I, I have no problem with that for a big trip. Maybe not for the 4th of July. <laughs> I don't necessarily want a whole bunch of 4th of July pages, but this kind of gives it a little bit of a framework. So. Yes. Yes. I feel like I've mentioned this before now that I think about it, but I still haven't told the story. So I'm just going to mention it again yeah. because clearly this is something that's important that I need to do. So I had this whole journey of this photo that my, of my grandpa from a newspaper is what he had written on it of him and another soldier. Um, he had been shot up in Italy and sent home uh, in World War II and he wrote Anzio twins on it. And I wanted to know, I knew, I mean, I knew he'd been injured in Anzio, but I wanted to know exactly why did it say that? Who was the other man? What was the story behind it? And this was a photo that it's not just a photo. He had this as a framed photo that he kept with him throughout his entire life. Oh, and he wow. hung it over his bed in his, you know, nursing home in his assisted living place. Um, Holy moly. So I'm like, obviously this was important to him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wanted to find, you know, the original photo and more details. And I had done all this archival research. I'd contacted experts. Um, and in the end, there were many copies of the photo, including alternate versions in my grandma's scrapbook that I did not realize was there. Oh. So <laughs> like literally I spent three days in yeah. uh, a library in Grand Rapids when I was supposed oh, to be at a conference, a water conference, looking oh. through basically the newspapers for all of 1944, 45 and 46, just in case it was happened to be another year and never found it. And then the whole story <laughs> was in my grandma's scrapbook. So as these things happen. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like two parts of the story. There's my journey with the photo yeah. and the discovery of it. And then there's the story itself of, you know, 
what we now know about why this photo was taken. They basically went on a little press tour. They were still in the hospital, in the military recovery hospital, but they went to Detroit to, uh, you know, talk positively about being a soldier and you know at that point i think the war was maybe almost over or um we already had victory in europe but not in japan so um they were doing some like you know government pr right Uh, (laughs) and they had some pretty pretty girls to take them around Mm -hmm. and yeah so there's like there's there's multiple layers to this story so i i really want i spent all this time on it over these years and now that i have the answers that I wanted. I needed right. to, to capture it and then kind of, you know, find some closure to that exploration because it was almost a little bit of an obsession for me. I I looked through so many different newspaper archives and and talked to people about how to how to figure this out. And it was in my parents' house in a box. So <laughs> <laughs> start closer to home. The moral of the story is start closer to yes. home. <laughs> In some ways it's kind of fun to i don't know i think the exercise is part of it too like oh yeah like i'm sure yeah there's a story like you said there's a story there too and and a process and maybe that'll serve you down the road when you can't find the answer in your parents box i don't want to look at microfilm yes. again though but i even like got, no. i roped my husband into it he skipped a conference <laughs> one day too and then he was looking and you know, it was a little bit of a bonding thing. So I definitely brought him along the journey. And, right. you know, he was almost ex- as excited as I was when I finally found the things. So that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. That'll be lovely. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I really need to do this one. So his birthday is coming up in August. So maybe I will, you know, kind of do that in commemoration. So, oh, that's a perfect, yeah. I think sometimes just yeah. putting something like that, a date around it, like, oh, this is the perfect time to be doing this, to be thinking about him and honoring him yeah. around his birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, shifting gears more towards what's going on at Simple Scrapper. As we record yeah. this, yesterday we just had our third finishing day of the year. Um, and I know you had some uh, social obligations, but you did. You were able to attend for a little bit in the morning. How do you think it went overall? Yeah, I uh, I am having trouble protecting that day. This is the third one of the year, and the third one I wasn't available really to enjoy getting a whole bunch of time. I need to work on that. It's a little bit weekends are getting busy again as uh, things get back to whatever this new normal is, and so I'm having a little. I don't think there's going to be a lot of things I'll say I miss about the pandemic, but I think the the opportunity to really block a Saturday to be able to scrapbook is going to be one of them. I think <laughs> going to be a little bit a little bit harder to to maintain that. But so yeah, I got I I'm working on the Chicago project. Uh, one of the things that I wanted I made these little pockets to live outside the protector for the journaling, and so I I need that to be printed journaling. I can't get enough on this little card to be able to have it be handwritten journaling. So that for me means setting up a template in Photoshop and choosing a font, which is always for whatever reason, I go down the rabbit hole of looking at 50 fonts before I pick one. Um, so I did all of that yesterday morning. I was able to to spend some time early morning. So that, that felt good. I got a, a good foundation of, 
of being able to, now I'll be able to go in and do one of those a day or something and be able to knock those out because I have the foundation set up. So that worked out good. Uh, people seemed to be really excited early in the day and, and things were, were going good. And then I did listen to the recording. I wasn't able to join the recording or the wrap up in the evening, but it, um, I think people had a lot of really good success. How'd you do? Yeah. I, I'm so proud of myself because I really stayed focused. I, I was fortunate that nobody else was home. So that definitely helped. Mm. There was, mm-hmm. you know, I was up, it was up to myself, but so there were a few distractions. No mom, can you help me with this? Or Jennifer, right. can you help me with this? Um, other than my, my husband did come home at some point with some groceries and said, here, could you please put these away? <laughs> but, <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Since you did the grocery shopping, I can... <laughs> and he got me sushi for dinner, so you know it was fine. Know. Um, I am at like let's say ninety five percent finished putting things back in the closet. I just have like a oh, I have one box so of sewing things I need to kind of rehome, but I have a home designated. I just need to. It's basically trying to make things even more accessible. If I keep having to take a bunch of stuff out of the basket to get to the things I want, this is not mm-hmm. working. Um, so I need to put the sewing things in, you know, smaller drawers so that I can access them. I'm going to be doing a little bit of decluttering in that basket too, because the reality is I'm probably not going to be using fat quarters anytime soon. So I, it's time to let yeah. go of some fabric. If I decide I'm going to quilt again or something, I buy new fabric. <laughs> so. I'm yeah, I'm holding on to some trying to not hold on to things that aren't serving me in the present moment right. as much as I used to. And then I have two big categories. One is it's not really that big, but it's annoying. It's plain paper, you know, unlined, mm-hmm. lined, some in notebooks, some loose leaf of all mm-hmm. varying sizes, sometimes even varying colors. It's not scrapbook paper. It's just, you know, like office paper. Some of it is art paper. I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't want to be wasteful, but you know, how many really old, like, you know, uh, yellow legal pads do you need? Um, So I'm kind of like, I'm feeling a little stuck on that one because I need to probably Either say, I'm just keeping all of it because, you know, we'll use it all someday or we'll let a lot of it go because it's not been used for probably a decade or more. So, yeah, I don't use a lot of that. So I have a big pile of it in my closet as well. And I just don't use it as much as I, I always think I will, right? Like I, <laughs> and I, I find it very hard to resist a pretty notebook. Um, so yeah, I, I can feel your, maybe it's a container concept thing. Pick a container, say you're going to keep that much and then let the rest of it go. So I have two of those like um, cardboard paper holders. They're actually ones that Emily had in school. So they have her little picture on them from like kindergarten and first grade. And so they're pretty wide. Um, I think I'm going to use that as the the paper holders and whatever doesn't fit in that is going to go. So that seems like a good solution. Yeah. And none of it is actually, you mentioned like, not resisting cute notebooks none of it is the cute notebook stuff like I actually think I use those I fill them up with like random notes and then when I'm done with them I recycle them like these are all the really boring ones too so right <laughs> let them go you know it's like a five-star <laughs> you know notebook some of it I right. will say for Emily in school but a lot of it is used enough that it's not something that I would give her to start a school year so right 
So there's that yeah. one. And then there is the dreaded electronics basket of <sighs> yeah, old phones Horns. and lots of cables. And it's, we also have another zone downstairs. And so I, we're going to just have to compile it all, spread it all over the living room and figure out what we actually need to keep. And I'm not sure actually how much of that stuff will end up back in the closet. It was all in the closet. I'm thinking it probably has a better home downstairs so that it's more family accessible to, hey, I need a cable for whatever thing. Right. Um, so, yeah. So we'll see. Like, I'm, I am feeling so good at what I did. I realized how little of what was in the closet was going to go back into it. Um, there was yeah, just I saw tons the picture. It looks luxuriously vacant. Like, you have... <laughs> So much open space. Little, I'm like, wow, that looks great. <laughs> yes, I have room to grow, which feels really good. Um, I even had some like, there's some uh, like photo boxes. Yeah. One of them is completely empty. Um, I have some bins that are empty, just kind of waiting for something that I decide needs to be in a bin. So I'm thinking that some things that are currently in my open office space here, I'm going to kind of rehome some of those into the closet, like things that that can be in a little bit more cold storage. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's yes. going well. I feel so good to have spent the time on it. There's still some more things to do in the guest room because the more clutter at basically when I emptied the closet, it became a very large clutter attractor of, oh, this is already junky. Let's just put other junk in there. And yeah, the it's time. Room. There's a lot in there that's going to go like uh, Emily's yeah. dolls and, you know, things that are no longer being used. So <laughs> It's time, uh, but it feels okay, it felt so good to you. What's the guest room look like? Yeah, it is. Um, I would say it's ten minutes away from being sleepable for a person, um, or less. Like pretty easily, oh. the, the stuff that remains oh, on the bed is bad. pretty minimal. Um, and there's some, like mm-hmm. there's some boxes in there. Like we bought all new doorknobs for our doors. There's in the box in the guest room. So oh, uh-huh. those need to be put on the doors and, you know, things like that. Yeah. So there is some clutter, but if somebody was going to sleep over soon. Which turns out uh, to be harder be... than it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just probably why it hasn't been done yet. <laughs> <laughs> I had that done. It was like, why is this so hard? This should not be so hard. It was hard. I was like, <laughs> I shouldn't probably tell you that. <laughs> I'll discourage you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just glad we we decided we were going to get new hinges too and i'm like well, let's just do the doorknobs first mm-hmm. and if we decide they really the hinges do look bad then we will get new hinges but that would be the even harder part so yes yeah anyway so i was Yay! so happy to be to participate in finishing day and you know so i led a session in the morning kind of we call it the pep talk session and in our celebration session in the evening and in the evening that was just, I mean, both conversations were awesome, but just so many amazing like tips and observations and lessons learned were shared about kind of what didn't quite go as well and how, what you do next time and what you learned about your own behaviors, much like many of the things that I mentioned about my, my closet and my guest room situation. Yeah, exactly. I was struck in the morning that I really think people many of our members are really getting a good handle on what's doable in a day. Like I think even two or three years ago, many of our members, possibly myself included, would have come to that morning session with these 
completely unrealistic plans about what they were going to get done in a day, like just absurdly over ambitious. Right. And I don't see that happening anymore in our group. I think people um, are really starting to absorb that whole idea of no, don't set yourself up for that because it's so discouraging when you get to the end of the day and you chipped a, you only made this small dent in this crazy long list that you made, not because Mm -hmm. the crazy long list was doable in any way, shape or form, but now you've kind of set yourself up for this cognitive, you know, kind of to your point of, I had all these things in Todoist or toady and I didn't do them. And so now I feel bad. Instead, Mm -hmm. people really do seem to be getting a good, good skill set around okay, I do, I I am going to focus today, but I'm going to narrow this down to something that's much more doable. And I, I'm just so happy to see that because I know how powerful that's been for myself. Um, yes. And I think that it's I mean, powerful. same here. I definitely had some lofty goals in the past. <laughs> right, right. You're like, oh yeah, I can do this entire thing. And you're, and then you're like, oh, all I got done was the photos. And And that shouldn't be an all I got done, right? Like I got the photos done, right? That's a big piece. Um, So I think it's a combination of we're getting better. I think the community at large is getting better at breaking these things down into smaller pieces so that we really have a better sense of the scope of all of the things that have to be done. We don't, I don't hear us talking as much about I'm going to do this layout. A lot of times people are talking about I'm going to do I'm going to figure out the photos for this layout or I'm going to pull the product for like people myself. I know I'm doing this and I see it in my fellow members that we're breaking them down into smaller bites. And therefore I just think that helps you build momentum. It helps you be realistic about how long it's going to take. Um, All of those things I just think help you be happier in your hobby it's supposed to be fun, right? So if you set yourself mm-hmm. up to fail, that's that. There's no, there's no fun in failing when you set yourself up for that. So I thought that was awesome in the morning. I was like, as people were kind of saying what they were trying to do, I was like, yes, that that really is starting to stick for people. Yes, yes, I think we've just created a culture of looking at our hobbies with you know critical eyes of like okay let's look at our lives let's look at what we want to do and how do we make this fit together better and the more that we do it the more uh, others observe it and try it for themselves and there's definitely a ripple effect there and we just I think we're also offering of so much permission to to think smaller and to think about if we're Mm -hmm. thinking about that one specific part of the process like picking the photos. Okay. What does that really entail? How long does that really take? What do you do? Do you edit? Do you not edit? Do you need to send them out for printing? Do you print at home? You know, each part has its own, you know, fun parts, maybe not so fun parts. And then how can we tweak that to, to make it work better for you? So the more that you are a little bit more discreet in the parts of the process, the more you can, you know, make the whole, the whole process, the whole hobby run smoother for you. Right, exactly. And I did, you know, kind of to your point about the the parts that you like and parts that maybe you're not as crazy about. I, I was fascinated. Some members had chosen things yesterday that they knew they they weren't exactly 
charged up to do, right? It was something that they mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily weren't enthusiastic about having. I talk about this a lot. There's there's things that I want to have that I like my everyday scrapbooking sort of projects. I love having those and I don't love making them. So some members recognize that they could leverage this opportunity for the community momentum, the community accountability of this finishing day to help them move through something that they maybe weren't all that excited about doing. So I thought that was awesome when when people start to figure out ways to leverage these events in a way that really serves them, that that's really in service of their goals and working in a way that that helps them in a significant way. So I thought that was, that was fun to see. I was happy to see it. I've used things like this um, in a similar way in the past as well. And I think it works really well. I didn't want to do this process. I, I don't have a, I don't have very good stamina for decluttering. Decision fatigue is very, very real for me. And I, I needed to leverage the accountability in order to, mm-hmm. to stay focused and make significant progress because otherwise it was just going to continue to drag on. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was it was interesting to me that some of the folks in, in the wrap up, I think some of the aha moments were, interesting in that some people realized that they didn't like to do some of the steps and they wanted to do those before they got to finishing day, which I thought was really smart. Mm. Like, Oh, I don't, if I'd had these pictures selected and printed, then today would have been more fun. Right. So this idea of how do you, some people need to do that part. That's not fun during the event because that accountability is, is helpful. Some people wanted to do it ahead of time so that they didn't, have to do that part on a day that should be in their mind a fun time, right? The the being with in the community and in the scrapbook room and all of those kinds of things are are part of the enjoyment of it. And so they wanted to be doing the enjoyable part of the project while they're doing that. Yes. So it's just so I love when members are making it their own. Like this is what I need yes. and this is what I'm going to do today. And maybe in two months you asked at the wrap up what what things were looking like for two months from now. That was when some of those conversations about, oh, I wish I had done this ahead of time, or this is the thing that I know I'm putting off and I'm going to focus on that in two months. Just really a fun, so fun to see members really taking what they need and and leveraging it. So it's really cool. Yes, I love that we really support kind of ownership of your own hobby. You know, that's, I mean, this podcast is called Scrapbook Your Way, but that's that's what we yeah. live out every day is uh, we provide this container and some a little bit of direction, but it's really up to you to decide what you need and what you're going to focus on. And we're here to help you along the way with encouragement, additional resources, so a lot of worksheets and frameworks for you. And yeah, I think fin- I'm just, I'm so excited that we finally brought Finishing Day to life this year and, and excited to plan to, to continue into the future. Yeah, I think it's really serving people in a, a really powerful way. So one of the things that I wanted to mention was one of our members shared this post and this is pre-finishing day, but she was so excited to share that she had just completed her 40th layout. So this is June. And so she just completed her 40 layout. And she says that being a simple scrapper member has been instrumental to my success. 
the bucket list project and Trello classes have helped with my planning and process. And then Peggy creating an accountability structure around layer on layer on layer <laughs> has uh, kept her on track and motivated to create 10 of those 40 layouts. And all the inspiration and support and cheers from members have built her confidence and excitement to keep growing. She says she's truly grateful for this group. And so this is member Melissa. And yeah, I we love so hearing this. We love hearing that what we do is not just helpful, but meaningful and that our community really makes a difference in scrapbookers lives so i i just want to thank melissa so much for this comment because it, it i know it makes my day i'm sure it makes peggy's as well <laughs> yes. and you know indeed <laughs> yeah and yeah comments like this are uh very abundant inside of the community um yeah and it just it makes me proud a little bit teary sometimes and i'm, I'm yeah, just me too. so happy to be doing <laughs> what we do so yeah, so happy to see her succeeding. So one of the things I wanted to mention before we start looking forward, um, by the time this episode goes live, we will have had our next Your Wig workshop. And so these are free workshops where we get on Zoom and everyone gets into breakout groups. And I pose some questions to the groups and you're, you have a kind of more private personal conversation with a small group of three to five other scrapbookers of all types and really from around the world as well. And we each time we have a specific theme. And so the next theme will be um, automating your photo workflow. So how can you get photos from place to place easier? How can you uh, back up your photos without any manual steps having to remember to do it? There's even automation related to editing. So we're going to be talking about all things automation at our next Your Way workshop. And, you know, given that technology is so amazing these days, this is something that comes up a lot. We do this every other month. And these conversations are so rich in ideas, examples, specific tools and techniques. And because it's this kind of collective conversation, it's far more beneficial than anything that I could teach on my own because I don't know everything about scrapbook. I don't know everything about anything. And so when we can bring everyone together and share their ideas and lessons learned, um, it just, it turns into such a powerful resource. They, they're really fun. I think that those little, small, three or four person conversations are really just so helpful. I know that people have given me tips. I know I've given tips that people were like, I never even thought about that. I wouldn't have ever thought of that. It's just that you can get some very personalized uh, assistance in those small groups. and And those are... You can only get those by being on the on the workshop live. There's no way to record all of that. So I will miss this year's because I or this month's because I'll be uh, on the road traveling. But uh, it's really I encourage everybody to give one a try. It's really fun. People are so nice. And um, we do have a recording available of the June 20th. And we what we do record is the wrap-up conversation. So as Peggy said, we can't record every small group conversation, but we have the wrap-up fully recorded um, where we're individuals are sharing what they heard from others, what, what they want to try, and even some of their own ideas. So the, the wrap-up is a shorter portion. So you, the full benefit comes from attending live. and But the recording still is where all the juicy nuggets are shared. So I hope you check that out. You get a lot of the scoop in the wrap-up as well. 
Yes. All right. So definitely looking forward to what's coming next. Starting July 1st, we'll be entering in our photos journey. So each journey is a two-month period where we're loosely focusing on a specific topic. Obviously, we're we're talking about projects and pages and everything all year long, but we're going to be diving into various aspects of photos. And this morning I had a chance to interview Natalie Posniak for the podcast. And we just have such a great lineup of guests for this journey. We have our two new featured artists, Jennifer McMurtry and Becky Powell-Reams. I'm chatting with Laura Vegas about some of her kind of big picture shifts in how she wants to, to think about her albums. I'm talking with Kat Saunders, who is more of a minimalist memory keeper, and then also creative team member Helen Duram um, about photos and in particular kind of finding confidence in uh, getting yourself in the photo and taking selfies and really representing who you are with those self-portraits. So I'm really excited about these conversations. I'm recording them all in the next uh, week or so. And uh, yeah, they'll be available to you through July and August. Wow, that's going to be great. A really nice variety of folks. Yeah, I really try to balance like paper and digital and hybrid and different like interests and um, while still kind of loosely connecting to our theme of photos. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the big things coming up in July will be our refresh retreat. And the theme of this one is finding, choosing, using, and sharing favorite photos. So the theme is favorites, but Peggy and I, you've been, we've been talking about how can we really make these themes more specific and kind of outcome oriented. So through the, the challenges we have and the conversations we have, we want to help you find, choose, use, and share more of your favorite photos. So Peggy, what do you think members like about the refresh retreats? Yeah, I think, you know, for many of us, uh, it's easy to get diverted from our craft desk or even the membership, right? You haven't checked in on some sort of uh, come in to, to see what's going on in the membership or things like that. And so it's really nice to have this consistent cadence where every other month you're going to get this invitation to say, Hey, want to come back? What want to come take a look at what's going on, come in and have something. We try to make it actionable, but not humongous, right? We want to give you some challenges mm-hmm. that are, that invite you back to your desk, invite you back to your space uh, without derailing you. We, we know that everybody has uh, plans and, and things that they're work projects that they've got in flight or things that they're working on. And so we don't necessarily want to say, oh, hey, could you set all of that aside and come play with this particular challenge? But we want to give people something that gives them a chance to play if they're in the mood to sort of play around with something they, they weren't aren't working on in that moment or invite them back because they've sort of gotten away from, from their uh, work and want to be able to come back and do things. So I really uh, think it's fun for people to have a challenge for me personally. I, a lot of times have stuff that I, I have very, you might've noticed I have elaborate plans. (laughs) Um, And so, but it's fun for me to say, Oh, I, that I could do that, right? That's just a little challenge. I could just take this little diversion and do something fun. Um, and then I can come back to the thing that I was working on, the big project I was working on or whatever happens to be going on. So I think it's some of my very favorite, I have some favorite layouts that I created as part of Refresh that were not things, 
at all on my radar when refresh started on Thursday. It was like, oh, I, I, yeah, I can do that. And I've made some really lovely layouts, even things that upon first reading the challenge, I'm like, I don't know. I do that a lot. (laughs) I'll trust Jennifer. I'll try this. (laughs) And then I create this thing and I'm like, oh, wow, I really, really love this. So it's, it's an opportunity for some play. It's an opportunity for some surprise for people. And, um, so I think it's a, an awesome benefit of the membership and something that can really serve folks to, to get them uh, re-engaged or, or engaged in a different way if they are engaged. And then yes, you've been yes. doing this really fun thing where you we've been picking a virtual location. I think this was sort of a spontaneous idea you had in January. And people love this idea of daydreaming about where we might go for a for a retreat if we were all able to go and be together somewhere. And so that has been one of the funnest things this year about these refresh retreats is everybody being so excited about this, the idea of this virtual place, this other place, often somewhere on another side of the world that we daydream about being together in this exotic locale. So that's been really fun too. And one thing that's been so interesting is that for each of the locations so far, we've had people who have visited there or actually live there and can kind of give us, you know, some additional tips about what to do, what to see. Um, We we choose specific, like, lodging. Um, We've had a variety Mm -hmm. of different different scenarios from very luxury to a little bit more Spartan. Um, But it's, yeah, it's just been fun to kind of daydream travel and, and pick a fun place to, to have a retreat. You know, it's, it just adds a little bit of extra magic to the experience, whether you're, you know, doing the challenges or you're doing your own thing. And that's, you know, even in the instructions is to make that decision for yourself. Because we want you to right. have the experience that you want to have. Um, this is an invitation, as you said, back to your desk to take time to to play and create with friends. Yeah, it's awesome. Come play with us. <laughs> so uh, the next refresh session starts July 14th and goes through Sunday the 17th. And that is, yeah, that is just around the corner. Be here before we know it. This year's flying by. Oh my gosh. Yes. So yeah, Peggy and I are already planning for 2023. Um, This tends to happen this time of year. We start to get lots of ideas and you know how we love to plan. Um, So definitely thinking about what our members want and need, the things that we're interested in, the things that we're observing. Definitely we're listening closely to, you know, the winds of change and what people are talking about and what they're asking for and, and ways to even better support people. Um, with, you know, whatever we do next. But yeah, this has been such a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to, to doing this again. Me too. So much fun. Thank you, Peggy. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. Don't forget to head over to simplescrapper.com slash workshops to check out the recording of our workflow automation workshop and register for our next free event on album organization.